0: We are finishing up this guardrail series that we've been in the last several weeks together. Um, if you're like me, you're grateful for the wisdom, uh, the challenges that, uh, that God gave Pastor Andy Stanley that now we're able to learn uh, from together. Pastor Ken will be back. I mentioned it earlier. Next Sunday, we're starting a new series. Uh, but allow me to really quickly just review kind of where we've been. And we've, we've said these things every week, but it's really helpful for us just to kind of keep them in front of us. Uh, we understand that guardrails is uh, a guardrail is a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas, right? The guardrail is uh, actually placed in the area that uh, is safe to drive, the safety zone, uh, in order to keep from going to those places that are unsafe to drive, the danger zone. The guardrails are designed to cause a little bit of damage, right, to minimize damage, in order that we won't experience a whole lot of damage. Because we all know what's on the other side of those guardrails are usually, generally, places that we shouldn't want to go and shouldn't want to be. So we've been asking this question the last, uh, this is now week number six. What would it look like to create guardrails, to establish guardrails in our in our lives, in different areas of our lives. We've looked at friendships. We've looked at uh, the single life, the dating life, married life, finances, parenting, and so forth, the workplace, right? What would it look like for us to set up these guardrails in the safety zone to keep us from those areas in our life and dealing with those consequences that we know we don't want to have to deal with, right? When we talk, when we think about this idea we define guardrail as, as this, a personal standard, a behavior that becomes a matter of conscience, right? So whatever area of life perhaps the Lord has been speaking to you, if you've taken that step of setting up that guardrail in the safety zone, what you'll find out sooner or later is the temptation and the tension. We're going to talk about this this morning. It doesn't necessarily leave when we set up a guardrail, but when you approach that guardrail, if you've set one up, When you get close to it, your consciousness will light up, right? Alert, alert, caution, you are approaching disaster. Alert, eyes open, pay attention, right? So when we look back, we realize our greatest regrets could have been avoided if we had had some guardrails in life. Those consequences that we talk about that we wish we wouldn't have to deal with, right? We look back and there was a decision made and, oh, I wish I would not have made that decision, right? When we look back, we realize if there was a guardrail in place, our greatest regrets, we could have avoided them all together. So today, as we wrap up, I want to address maybe a pushback to some of this, well, all of this material, really. Um, and you may or may not have had some of these thoughts or similar thoughts in your mind. But I think for some people, they hear a series like this, setting up guardrails in the safety zone. And maybe the thought is this. This all sounds great. I mean, a lot of this is just common sense stuff, right? And I really hope so-and-so heard that message, right? Or I can't wait to, to, to download that message and give it to my kids in, in five years when they become teenagers, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that's you, right? You think to yourself, this, this is common. This, it makes sense. But as for me, I'm not going to be put, put, putting up any guardrails. Why? Because in your mind, you're convinced that setting up a guardrail keeps you from something that you, that you want. You think to yourself, I don't want to carry the weight of being a good example. I just want to have fun. right?" Or maybe I don't want to give. I, I really find pleasure in purchasing. <laughs> right? Or maybe you think to yourself, uh, I don't want to be wise and, and prudent. I, I want to date her. I want to date him. I don't want to study. I just want to get an A. And what I have found out, there are ways to get A's without studying. Right? Now, if this is your train of thought, this is the way you're thinking about guardrails, guardrails in just this way, like they get between me and what I want. Like that might be, might be a pushback that you've thought about or you've been tempted to, to fall into by the enemy. So that's why someone might have heard these messages any particular week and God is sort of tapping on the door, right? Stirring something within you. Are you, are, are you listening? You, you know this in your life, right? Perhaps God has been talking to you, and, and we walk out of here determined, I'm not going to change anything. Why? Because in your mind, I want to do what's on the other side of the guardrail. If I set up a guardrail, I can't get What I want to do. Or you think to yourself, if I set up a guardrail, let's make sure it's as close to the dangerous zone so I can get as close to sinning without actually sinning. Leaving some stuff on the table, right? Leaving some experiences unexplored. It's been great info, but I'm just going to do what I want to do. Now, if you've had those thoughts and have just kind of given up on this idea of guardrails and the safety zone, uh, I just want to point out something. I think this is something that all of us already know. If you decide, guardrails, not for me. I hope him and and her are are listening, Um, but I'm missing out on too much. I'm a person that really delights in living on the edge. I like the danger zone, right? Maybe that's you. Here's the thing you need to know. Regardless of whether you have in your life set up a guardrail, the tension that you feel and perhaps have felt these past few weeks, any tension, sort of tension that you have felt in your life will not go away right? That tension that you are experiencing will not go away. So let me give you an example. If you're married and you decide, you think to yourself, I know the rules, all the social things, yeah, 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 but I'm going to go out with this person, right, anyway, just because I don't want to set up guardrail in my life. I'm just going to have him or or her on the side. That decision doesn't take away the temptation to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend on the side, even when that relationship hopefully, ends. The temptation and the tension is still there. And unless you set up a guardrail in your life, the tension and the temptation is probably going to be too much to bear. You see, our appetites are never fully and finally satisfied. Nobody ever has a meal that ends all meals right? So our appetites are never finally and fully satisfied. And this is the reason, one of the reasons the fruits of the Spirit, the very last one. Maybe we don't talk about it enough, right? God desires to create within you this self-control, right? We all live with different appetites, and God desires to strengthen this self-control, right? And part of that is setting up guardrails in the safety zone, right? Wherever you decide to put up the guardrail, to put the brakes on this area in your life. That will be the point of tension you experience. That's where the temptation will now begin. And if you move that guardrail a little bit closer, guess what? The tension doesn't disappear. That's where the temptation now begins. It never goes away. Here's what I have found out. Refusing to have guardrails does not eliminate the tension. Rather, it erodes our resolve. It erodes our ability to say, I'm drawing a line right here. This is as far as I go. I'm not, right, without guardrails in our life, it erodes our resolve. And it may be a baby step that we're taking towards the danger zone. It may be a large step. But sooner or later, we will find ourselves hanging out in those places that we told ourselves, I'm not going there, right? I'm not going to be doing that. Sooner or later, without guardrails, the tension and the temptations, they don't go away, and you're going to find yourself in places doing things you told yourself you wouldn't do. So when we talk about consequences, right, the further you are in on some things, the more complicated the consequences, if you say yes, the more difficult it is to say no. What we're talking about is if we set up guardrails in the safety zone, even though those tensions and temptations don't go away, right, right? Our ability, right, through God's strength to resist increases, right? The closer you get to that danger zone, the more difficult it will become to stay resolved in your commitment to stay behind the guardrail. So to help us see what this looks like, we're going to turn to Daniel chapter 1. If you have your Bible, you can turn there and and follow along. Uh, We'll have scripture up on screen as well. This story is around 600 B.C., There's a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, Uh, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar was just like kings back in the day. They would see a a, a neighboring territory or nation or people group, and uh, they thought, I think I'll take control of that. And so Nebuchadnezzar would send his armies into a nation, into a city, into a territory uh, and and take over these people. Very common back in the day, right? So one of these cities was Jerusalem that Nebuchadnezzar was very interested in. So he sends his armies, right? right, to, uh, to conquer Israel. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was a smart guy. This is the way sort of he worked. He would go into these cities or these nations or these, this territory, this land area with people in it, and instead of completely just wiping out the city, burning everything and, and taking the people and enslaving them, when he would go into the city, he would direct his officials that were in charge of the army, when you get in there, take captive the royal family. You see, because the royal family was usually well-educated. The royal family was usually well taken care of. The royal family usually had a lot of bright and and smart people amongst the royal family. So he made it a point. Make sure you get the royal family and bring them back to me here in Babylon. Not only the royal family, but uh, as you work your way around and and maybe you hear rumors or, or maybe we've been in there and we already know, the best And the brightest, I want you to make sure you take them and bring them back to Babylon here in my capital city, right? In Babylon, I want to work with these people. He would put them in a training program. He would slowly strip away all of their culture and replace it with Babylonian culture. So Babylon was a magnificent city full of brilliant people, many of which was King Nebuchadnezzar's commands people that they had conquered, that had brought in, gone through this training program and stripped away their beliefs, stripped away what they, what, they, uh, what they believed in and replaced it with these Babylonians' belief systems. The king sends his armies into the city of Jerusalem, conquers it, goes into the ancient temple there that was built by King Solomon, destroys the temple, loots it, takes away the gold and enriches his palace with Israel's gold there from the temple And he also takes the brightest and the best people there in Israel, in Jerusalem. And four of those guys we know by the name of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys have heard these stories before, right? He gets these guys with all the other people that he decided to bring into this this program, right, from all over the world. He begins this training process. And the goal, again, is to slowly... Strip away everything, their heritage, belief system, and create new, faithful, obedient Babylonians in his midst. So here's how the story begins in Daniel chapter one. We're going to be uh, be reading verse five uh, initially. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. So what's going on here? This is graduate school, right? He's telling these smart people, hey, I got a master's program that you're going to, to love, right? All expenses paid. Your, the food allowance, don't worry about it. We'll take it from my table. You're going to eat, off, uh, uh, eat the, the, the remnants from my table. You're going to enter into my service. Now, most of the captives, they hear this word and they're just like, are you kidding me? Like we thought we came in, we got conquered, we're going to the enemy capital city. We're going there to die in the desert. We're going to there for hard labor to slaves and then we're going to die in the desert, right? You're telling me we're going to live in the king's palace? You're telling me they're going to train us? They're going to give us free education? You're telling me they're going to feed us off the king's table? This is unbelievable right? This is unbelievable. Here they are. After they finished this three-year program, they would have, you know, an oral exam, and the best of the best would actually get to work for the king and live in his palace. So if you're among that group and you're in this program, you're listening intently. You're following directions. You're doing whatever it is they're asking you to do, and you're trying your best to learn all of the knowledge that you can in order to live this life after this program is done, In the king's palace. But Daniel saw through the charade, right? Daniel sees through the king's whole plan and he saw the end game. He realized what's going on and he realized what was about to to happen. They had given him a new home, they had given him a new set of clothes, a new diet, new vocabulary to consider. They had even given Daniel a new name right? You read it a couple couple verses later. To Daniel, they gave the name Belteshazzar. <laughs> what a name, right? So they took the name, one of, their, one of their gods, Bel, right? And then they connected in their language a phrase to it. And his name means, Bel will take care of you or be your defender. Even in the name itself, they're trying to brainwash Daniel and these other, other guys. Belteshazzar. Aren't you thankful that didn't stick, right? I mean, we would have Belteshazzar and the lion's den. That would be terrible, right? Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like like Daniel and the lion's den, right? Daniel realized what was happening. They were slowly going to begin to strip away everything he believed, everything he knew, everything that he had placed his faith in. And one day, right, he was going to wake up and be more Babylonian than he was a faithful follower of Yahweh, of his God. So Daniel recognized something that many of us completely miss when it comes to sort of the ebb and, and the flow uh, of culture. Compromise does not erase the tension. It only weakens our resolve. We think, oh, if I, if I give in, I won't have to worry about the tension. I won't have to worry about this sticky stuff like within me, right? I won't have to worry about that anymore. If I just give in, I'm not going to have any, any pressure. Uh, Daniel knew better. Daniel knew if I compromise, it doesn't erase the tension, it only weakens my resolve. That's why when you hear people say, and people have testified to this in the past, right, I'm just going to do this one time, right? I'm just, it's, it's just one time. I mean, what's going to hurt if I just do this one time? You and I both know usually that just one time turns into second time so easily and a third time in a in a fourth time, right? If you cheat once, it's way easier to cheat the second time. Once you cross certain lines of debt and compounding debt, it's just easier to take on more debt, right? Once you compromise with alcohol or recreational drugs, it's just easier to take the next hit. There's so many times that once we have crossed that line, right? The tension doesn't go away, but a resolve decreases. It, it lessens. Daniel saw this and he realized where it was going. So one day he realized, I'm going to have to completely abandon everything that I'm about, right? If I continue on this journey, they're going to, they're going to turn me into something that I don't, I don't want to be, right? He realized this. So here's what, what scripture tells us. But Daniel resolved, Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Daniel made up his mind in that moment. He was resolved. Enough is enough. I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm setting up the guardrail. This is a line I will not cross. Now, we're not told exactly why Daniel didn't want to eat the food and and drink the wine. But what we know is this, that he decided, you can push me and push me and keep pushing me, right? Uh, You know, you've given me new clothes. You've given me uh, a new vocabulary. uh, You've given me a new name, right? You can push me, but, but right here, this is as far as I will go. This is what I love about this story, the story that we, most of us, probably if not all, heard in, in Sunday school, right? If you grew up in Sunday school, you've heard this story, the story of Daniel. Um, and we know this story ends good for Daniel, right? We, we think about the story of Daniel in the lion's den, how God showed up and, and provided in a miraculous way for him in, in, in the lion's den. We know how the story of Daniel ends, right? But we need to catch this this morning, catch this. This is the challenge for you and for me. Daniel made this decision. Daniel made up his mind before he knew how the story ended. Daniel didn't have the book of Daniel to go reference, right? Daniel didn't have the story to go and see. oh, man, if I make this decision, he's going to show up in the lines then like this This is easy, right? No, 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 no. This is not an easy decision for Daniel. He doesn't know the end of the story. He doesn't know about the fiery furnace. He doesn't know about the lion's den yet. Remember, he's a young guy away from home in an enemy territory uh, in a program that, that is uh, most of the people in the program, I'm sure, are like, just keep your head down, focus. We can do this. We can make it through, right? He's in this program. He's a young man away from home around the most powerful people in the world. It's not an easy decision. King Nebuchadnezzar finds out that Daniel has this this, uh, this rebuff against this command, to not a command, but, but this offering, right, of this food and this wine. King Nebuchadnezzar, he's not going to be happy about hearing about Daniel and these other guys that aren't interested in his food and his wine. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself. He made a decision, set up a guardrail before he knew the end of the story. Why did he make this decision? right? Because he could predict the end of the story if he didn't set up the guardrail, right? Daniel didn't know what that decision, the implications for the rest of the story, right? But Daniel knew, if I don't set up this guardrail, if I don't draw the line in the sand right here in the safety zone, right? Daniel could predict where his story was headed, so he went to the chief official, one of the officials of Nebuchadnezzar's army, and he's like, Look, me and me and my guys, we're we're not gonna eat the food and, and drink the wine from the king's table. And I know, I know this might be a problem. Um, but this is as far as we're gonna go. We're drawing a line, right? This is this is what this is we're not we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna do it. Now the chief's officials like, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, the king is going to have my head, right? He finds out, right? Well, you can't do this. But we get this inclination that this chief official and Daniel and these guys, there was something special and unique about them, right? Because the chief official's like, are you kidding? Me? I can't do this. But it's almost as if the chief official, like, says, do you see that guard, like, over there? Wink, wink. You know, like, you can go talk to, talk to the guard, right? So Daniel goes over, and he talks to the guard, and he's like, look, We're not going to eat this food, and we're not going to drink the wine from the king's table. Daniel says, just give us 10 days. Give us 10 days. Will you give us 10 days, and we'll see after 10 days if we need to strike a new deal, if we need to give up on this deal, whatever. Give us 10 days. Let's come back together, and let's just see what happens. And the guard says, deal. Deal. We can do it, right? We can do it. And this next verse is sort of the game changer for, for everybody, right? In Daniel chapter 1, verse 9, it begins with these two words, now God, right? Now God. It's so important when we're evaluating our guardrails and thinking, am I going to do this? I'm going to miss out on so much. Uh, the danger zone, I see other people hanging out in the danger zone and it looks a whole lot of fun, right? Uh, I'm going to be missing out on a lot if I, if I set up this, this guardrail. What are people going to think? Right, my, 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 my circle of friends, the guys at work, the ladies in my, in my crew, like, what are they going to, like, they're going to come in and be like, what? You're doing what? You're not going to go here anymore. What? You're not going to buy what? Like, you're going to start doing, like, they're going to they're gonna think I am crazy. In whatever area of life it is that perhaps God has been stirring within you, perhaps a desire to, to plant a, and establish a guardrail, wherever that tension is for you, let me encourage you. Do not forget the now God part. Now God part. The now God part is, what, uh, that is Is God using those guardrails in our life to not only protect us, but God uses those guardrails when we say enough is enough. When we plant those guardrails in our life, they protect us. God uses them to also direct us, right? And direct our lives. We talked about this the first week in our series. They don't just protect us. They also direct us because what happens from this point on in the story and because of Daniel's resolve in a moment, a decision of tension and and temptation was present, Daniel makes this decision. And because of this decision and his resolve, we know the rest of the story. God puts Daniel and his guys on a journey And now we're reading the story, this story that they lived out around 600 B.C., centuries, centuries, and centuries later, we are rehearsing and learning from because of this one decision. One decision. One moment. Everything, more than you can possibly imagine, hangs on those decisions. When, When we're tasked with the question, right? Are you going to set up a guardrail? I know you don't know how this story ends, right? I know you know, don't know how that. You can predict probably how it's going to go if you don't set up a guardrail. But in this moment, the tension and the temptation are present. Will you set up a guardrail? I think God recognized in this moment, chapter 1 for Daniel, this was a defining moment. I'm going to direct your entire future because you have decided to take a stand right? To draw a line in the sand. So here's what I've discovered in my own life and just talking with many others uh, through ministry. Um, I've heard over and over, oftentimes when people look back and they've either set up a guardrail or they haven't set up a guardrail and, and have had to deal with consequences that they wish they wouldn't have had to deal with. Someone will say, God became the most real to me. And when I set up that guardrail, I didn't know what was before me doing that, right? But God was real to me and I felt the clearest direction in my life in a moment of temptation, a moment of trial, a moment of tension where I decided in this area of my life, this is as far as I'm willing to go. I'm setting up the guardrail right here in the safety zone. I did not know what was before me. I hear people say, they look back and they think about that decision and they'll say, that is the decision that God used to completely redirect my career to reorient my academic pursuits, right? To reorient my, my friendships, to change my perspective on, on parenting and, and dating and, and marriage and my finances. I look back and I wasn't trying to make a directional decision, maybe. I was just trying to do the best I could, seeking God's counsel. And, and I just made a decision I thought was ethically and morally the right decision through, through God's help. And God used that decision not only to protect me in a moment, but to direct my my life. Daniel had no idea that that's what hung in the balance with that one decision. We have no idea what hangs in the balance of your decision to establish guardrails for your life. My hunch is that many of you, a decision to set up a guardrail will be a defining moment. And you'll look back a week, a month, year, years later, you'll be able to look back at a moment when you set up a guardrail and recognize God wasn't only protecting me, right, by helping me draw that line in the sand, but God used that moment to direct my life because I made up my mind, established a guardrail. Look at Daniel chapter one, verse nine. We're gonna finish off the sentence. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion towards Daniel. I already talked about the fact, right? There was something unique and special with this relationship because he says, go over and talk to the guard, and they strike this deal. And Daniel says, give us 10 days. And after the 10 days, we read, they looked healthier and better nourished than all the other guys in that program. And here's how the story ends. We jump down to verse 17. To these four young men God gave knowledge knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. Daniel, or excuse me, really, God honored their decision, this guardrail. And in verse 19, the king talked with him, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishma, Mishael, and Azariah. That's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they entered the king's service. This was the beginning of... Right? The beginning of a journey that would end up making all kinds of difference for the nation of Israel, all kinds of difference in the life of Daniel and those three guys, right? All kinds of differences for generation after generation to us. Right? This decision made all the difference. So here's the challenge. We hear this story and, and the invitation. I hope you hear the invitation this morning. The challenge is you've just got to make up your mind. I'm going to do this. Daniel was resolved, right? And we have to resolve and choose to set up the guardrail. To refuse to plant guardrails in our life, it's not going to remove the tension, right? It's just going to erode your ability to say no. It's gonna be harder and harder and harder. We all, if you haven't experienced that, we know people. We've seen that, right? It's gonna erode your ability to say, no, right? You've gotta make up your mind because you know the end of your story if you don't, right? You may not know the end of your story if you set up that guardrail, but what we know to be true is when we set up those guardrails in our life, God directs the rest of our story, right? And we serve a God that does more than we could ever imagine with our lives when we choose to serve and follow his commands for our life. Amen? That's the God that we we serve. This is the beginning of a journey for Daniel. When it comes to us, let me remind you culture is not going to help you, right? Culture is going to continue to bait you in the wrong direction. Just get a little closer. Remember, culture doesn't operate with guardrails, they have painted lines. And painted lions culture will tell you, just cross over, right? Have some fun, and then you can easily cross back over into the safety zone, right? Culture isn't interested in the guardrails that God wants you to build in your life. You've got to resolve in your heart, like Daniel did. Daniel said, You can give me new sandals, you can teach me a new language, you can give me a new name, right? Fine. But that's as far as I go. Because if I don't have guardrails, right? I know the tension's not going away. The temptations aren't going away. and just moves the line to where the tension is going to be. And the closer I get to danger zone, the closer I get to disaster, disaster for me. So in Proverbs chapter 11, King Solomon said these words, the integrity of the upright guides them, right? The integrity of the upright, those people who are doing their best to do what's right, right? The entirety of the upright guides them. You have no idea what God wants to do in and through you. You don't know yet what hangs in the balance. We don't know that. We have so much potential in this room. We have all ages present in in this room this morning, right? Young people who are starting middle school or starting high school or getting ready to graduate high school and, and start college or starting college or getting ready to graduate college. So much potential in our young people here at Restoration. But potential doesn't rest only on those who are younger. Maybe you're brand new to a company starting a new job, expecting a promotion soon, getting ready to retire, getting ready to welcome a grandbaby or maybe a a great grandbaby is on the way, right? Wow, so much potential to make a difference in God's kingdom is present in this room. Can you imagine what God might want to do? But I'm telling you, you and I, we will never know what that looks like. If we don't take the time now, right, to set up guardrails in our lives, just as Daniel did, to make up our minds, this is as far as I'm going, right? Establish those guardrails, plant them right where we're at, in the safety zone. God sees those decisions, and he honors those decisions, and he will use them to direct us. Perhaps your entire life will be transformed because of a moment you were resolved to follow God's way. We said this every week. We said it again earlier this morning. This is one of our principles, right? Our greatest regrets could have been avoided if we would have had some guardrails in, <clears throat> in life. Do you know what that means? It means this. Yeah, good news. That means future regrets can be avoided altogether. If you'll establish some guardrails, say that word with me, now, right? The regrets, when you look to the past that you wish, oh, I wish I wouldn't have made that decision, right? When you look back and you see those regrets, understand and know that when we talk about guardrails, we potentially, if we set up guardrails, right, can avoid future regrets altogether if we're willing in the moment, now, today, to set up those guardrails that maybe we're hesitant to set up in our life. You've got to make up your mind, right? Like Daniel, you have to resolve in your heart. Refuse to be deceived by the lie that, you know, refusing to make up your mind, somehow the tension and the temptation are going to go away. They're not, right? The only thing that goes away without guardrails is your resolve. And on the other side of those decisions, those decisions in life when we don't, we just don't worry about the guardrails, right? We just do what we want to do, perhaps. On the other side of those decisions, your life just gets more complicated. Having to deal with consequences and regrets that you don't want to have to deal with. Resolve today, right? Resolve to set up guardrails in your life and do it. Do it now. Do it now.